This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. I want to look today at the dark side of the light. Because all light has dark sides. And so, while everybody's trying to stand in the light, I want to look at the dark side of it and get revelation from there. Y'all going to help me? Go to, the, go to the gospel according to John, chapter number 11. The gospel according to John, chapter 11. Very familiar, familiar story. But we're going to see how God talks to us in this. John eleven seventeen. it's on the screen. Those of you online, I want you to get it. Type it in the comments so that everybody know where we're going today. John eleven seventeen. shout, I have it. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God, God will give it to you. Jesus said unto her, your brother going to rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, but I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She saith unto him, Yeah, Lord, I, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and she called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come. He, he's calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and she came to him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which... which were with her in the house and to comfort her. They saw Martha, rather Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out. They followed her, saying she goeth unto the grave to weep at her brother's grave. Verse 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, but it wasn't a posture of worship. She said unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Verse 32, Lord, if you had been here, then my brother wouldn't have died. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. 
Lord, if you would have been here, I wouldn't have lost the job. If you would have been here, I wouldn't have lost my marriage. If you would have been here, I wouldn't have lost the child. If you would have been here, I wouldn't have lost. Today, I want to talk about lessons from losing. Lessons from losing. You all know how to win, but do you know how to lose? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, God is trying to teach you how to lose. Father, bless this witness. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be thou acceptable in thy sight. You are my God. You are my strength and you are my redeemer. Now preach through me. Oh God, ring me out like a dish rag and get every bit of oil that's in me and drip it on these people. Let it fall from my head down to the beard, to the very skirts of my garment. Let your anointing penetrate, saturate. Oh God, cause it to permeate their hearts that they may know that you are God and they may worship and praise you thereby. It is in Jesus' blood-soaked body, name that we pray. Every heart say amen. Have your seats, tell your neighbor lessons from losing. Lessons from losing. Lessons from losing. My son Jonathan Jr. played high school football and uh, he played for his high school Sachem East out in Suffolk County, Long Island. It was a great opportunity for me and his mother as football parents to watch them play football and to join them sometimes even Sundays to see how they would play, to see they win. Uh, my son played as a tight end. He was also a running back. Uh, he played offense and defense. He's pretty good. Actually, he became all uh, city, all county uh, with his high school. And he played pretty well. Uh, he was a great player. And uh, he loved playing the game. We stood in the stands cheering him on and shouting and screaming. If y'all think Pastor Sabrina sings loud in praise and worship, you should watch her at her son's football game. It's really abnormal. She takes off her pastoral badge. She takes off her first lady high heels. And she got on sneakers and a hoodie. And she's screaming louder than the cheerleaders. Actually, the cheerleaders used to text her and call her for games and say, are you on your way from church yet? Because we need your help in cheering for our team. Oh, she was amazing, y'all. She was a football mom. You know, she got them juice boxes and cupcakes and all kinds of stuff. But they really wanted to see her during the game. She was hollering and screaming. You would have thought the power of God was in the stadium the way Pastor Sabrina went down. I used to stand over there because they knew I was a pastor and clergy. I'm standing over there, Elder Mowbray, looking like Mr. Cool, trying to be sophisticated. I think I'm one of the coaches, you understand? I got my arms folded. I'm trying not to show these people, you know, what I can really do. 
and how I really behave. Go past the short. She didn't care. She went, whatever. That's my baby. Ah, that's my baby. One time, JJ hit a touchdown, and she yelled out and screams, nine months inside. That's my baby. It's like, what is going on in here? They loved her. I mean, it was amazing. And it was, but I'm standing over there cool. I'm, you know, they know I'm a preacher and a pastor. So sometimes I even went there in my suit and tie and my collar. So I'm just like real clerical and really religious. And it's like, ooh, I hope they win. Ooh, I hope they win. Didn't want to speak anything negative against the other team. But I was like, ooh, I hope he trip. I hope he trip. Fumble the ball. I speak a fumble now in Jesus' name. Fumble. And, you know, I'm using my gifts on the sideline. It was just terrible. It was terrible. But uh, it just so happens that his last game in high school, last game in high school, uh, as he's a senior, he's all county, and he was playing another team out there in Suffolk County. And out there in Suffolk County, the high school that he went to, all of the attendees, most of them, 95% of them, did not look like us. You understand? And so, you know, um, we, we, we were there. We were one of the uh, flies in the milk. And so we was trying to make sure that, you know, we put best presentation forward. And, uh, uh, and, and we was nice and cool and collected. But the last game, the last game was a tight game. It's a tight game because uh, uh, my son played. I mean, he played hard. He had bruises, cuts, scrapes, bleeding uh, all over the place. The nurses wanted to take him out of the game, but he said, no, put me back in, coach. And uh, they fought hard. They fought hard. And all the way to the fourth quarter, the uh, score, I think, was zero to zero. And uh, got to the fourth quarter, and both teams scored. And then, uh, once again, both of them scored. So the game is tied in the fourth quarter. And it came down down to the end of the clock, the end of the clock, Dale. It was the end of the clock. It was like 20 seconds on, and uh, my son's team got the ball. All they got to do is get a touchdown. Well, they give the ball to JJ, and uh, he does what he does. Like a Mack truck, he's running through the pack, and he almost gets it, almost get, but did not get it, didn't get the touchdown. And uh, the other team, the clock gets down. The other team gets the ball. The clock gets down to like three seconds left. And they get uh, the ball. And they barely went in. I mean, barely went in. And the referees would... Uh, <clears throat> suggest that they actually made the touchdown. Well, we go berserk. What glasses do you have on? You can't see. You blind. What's wrong with you? I mean, we fussing at everybody. And then they give them opportunity to make a field goal. Now, there is zero time on the clock, and they gave them three chances to make a field goal, and three opportunities, and they made it, and won the game. My son lost his last game in senior in high school and it was by a field goal point of which we assumed and thought that the referees was unfair in their judgment the line judge couldn't see and it was absolutely uh, uh, to me a sham. Well, Pastor Sabrina's over there. She's standing there looking shocked and amazed. All the boys on the team are looking defeated and looking discouraged. They start crying. I'm standing there. Remember, I'm always cool, calm, and collected. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I blacked. I need y'all to pray for me in Jesus' name. No, I blacked. Everything got dark. 
and um, and uh, when I opened my eyes, there was four police cars around my car. I'm, I'm telling the truth. Um, I just black. Uh, I one time blinked and I saw myself on the field, and um, I had a referee. Y'all pray for me, and uh, and I chased the referees to their locker room, and uh, and they and and they said, "What what what happened? What's going on?" I said, "Sir, I don't know. I blacked," and uh, <laughs> and so. Because I black, they called the police on me, and uh, there was four police cars surrounding my car, and they wouldn't let my car out because they had to question me and find out uh, what was going on and what I was really going to do to the ref when I actually caught him. And um, I tell him, I really don't know. I I, I just I just I just black. I want to know what he saw that the rest of us didn't see. Uh, that you would cheat these kids from their final game. Come on, let fair be fair. And, uh, you know, I went off on a tangent. And I, 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 remained, I, remained, I remained decent and appropriate, uh, but uh, I guess my size and my anger uh, caused great intimidation in the environment. Jonathan looked at me, you know, and at that time he got to go with his, his, his team they get back on the school bus, and he's going down the school bus looking out the window, and all he sees is four cars with police surrounding his father. He said, Dad, what happened? He said, on the bus, all they said was, Jonathan, your dad going to jail. He said, Dad, did you get arrested? I said, no, I didn't get arrested. Because when they pulled out their badges, I pulled out my badge too and said, I got one of them too. What? What you going to say? What you gonna... It's a game, y'all. So Sir, we just want you to calm down. We want you to be, you calm down, I calm down too. I didn't have a robe on that day. I probably should have put a collar on. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it was the last game they lost, and when I'm usually cool, calm, and collected, I didn't show them how to lose. You can lose like a champion. Most people are telling you how to win, but no one ever trains you how to lose. We live in a generation in society that everybody wants a gold star. A pat on your back. An applaud and a compliment and accolades of how well you are and how wonderful you are. But what do you do when you don't get the prize? How do you act and behave when what you ran for is not accomplished? Do you know how to lose? Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I've discovered that losing builds character. <laughs> Something about your heart sinking in your stomach due to disappointment because you did not reach your intended goal. Losing will build your character and let you know who you really are. I'm almost through, y'all. Can I talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking? 
I've discovered that because most people have never been taught how to lose, then losing is not an expectation. They don't expect to lose. But when losing meets your agenda, you're discouraged, disappointed, and it then eventually leads to depression. Depression has sat into people only because nobody is a life coach on losing. Where is the losing mentor? Everybody's giving me five steps to win and three steps to build a company and seven steps to get a big bank account and 17 steps to have a great savings and be a millionaire. Everybody is trying to build business and LLCs and LLPs and S-Corp and C-Corp. Everybody's getting an EIN and a 501c3. Everybody's opening a church. Everybody's writing a book. Everybody's building a business. Everybody is doing what everybody wants to do. But who is training anybody how to lose? Who's teaching me how to fail? Because failure is inevitable. If you ain't lived long enough, keep on living. That's what the old church used to tell me. Keep on living, baby, because failure is going to eventually find your doorstep. But I discovered something, y'all, because I failed enough in my life that failure is a better teacher than success. <laughs> Ooh, success can be tricky. Hmm? Success also can fool you. Success can lie to you. And the individuals who always win, who always get first prize, who always get the gold star, who always win, don't know how to handle it when they lose. Because success will make you think you're invincible. Success will make you think uh, that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Success will teach you that you are wonderful and fearfully made and you're absolutely marvelous oh but failure reminds you you're human failure reminds you you got proclivities and shortcomings and failure will tell you something wrong with you but here's what I like Elder Dale failure ain't final three folks should have shouted you missed your shout opportunity i said failure is inevitable but failure ain't final holler at your neighbor behind your mask and say neighbor failure is not final you will fail but you don't have to stop at failing <laughs> i said come on here i said failure is inevitable but you don't have to stop where you failed i want to preach to about 30 screamers right here you may have failed but don't stop where you failed last I'm trying, darling. Failure ain't final. But no one ever taught you what you're supposed to do when you fail. How should you now see yourself when you lost? Losing doesn't redefine you. Losing builds you. a couple of weeks ago, y'all were there April the 10th, they just uh, laid hands on me, put some oil on me and consecrated me a bishop in the Lord's church everybody was celebrating me 
Everybody was giving me accolades and clapping and celebrating. Great man of God. Oh, my God, you deserve it. Wow, about time. Praise the Lord. I thought you was already a bishop. All that stuff. They was just giving me everything. <laughs> and all of these celebrations. And, and my family kept asking me, how do you feel? How do you feel? How, how do you feel? And I said, y'all, pray for me. Because I don't know, maybe I'm broke. I don't feel nothing. Maybe a wire is disconnected somewhere in me. Y'all check underneath the hood. I don't know. Is something wrong with me? I don't feel nothing. And then I knew and discovered why I didn't feel nothing. Because the last two years since Archbishop Rochard designated me a bishop, I did something every morning. Sister Jadita, I woke up in the morning and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Jonathan, you ain't nothing. Look how y'all looking at me. One morning, I used another phrase, pray for me, but I said, Jonathan, you ain't nothing. That's contrary to what they're telling y'all to do now. Because right now they're telling you to look in the mirror and say you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're good looking. You're handsome. You're wonderful. I said you're fat. You overweight and you lazy. You ain't read enough. You ain't study enough. You give too many excuses with your fat self. I said it to myself. Don't y'all get intimidated and offended. I said it to me. I ain't saying it to you. I said it to me. Your fat self. Why you don't have more money in your savings account? Why is your credit score where it is? Why you ain't take care of that? You ain't no good. Because you've got to remind yourself. Come on. That all of this accolades and celebration will get to your head because some of you have been fooled by your own press. You've heard the celebration from your friends. You've heard the celebration from your family. You've heard the celebration from the people who supposed to celebrate you. I want to hear the real deal. You ain't nothing. You are wretch undone. You're a filthy rag in his sight. At your best. You don't deserve no bishopric. I know that's contrary to what they're teaching y'all today. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters? It helped me keep a level head. That this robe don't change me. This cross don't do nothing to me and phase me. Because before they put it on me, I already told myself, you ain't nothing. Hallelujah. Some of you need a good lesson in humility. Some of you need a good lesson in being knocked off your high horse. Because you are self-exhortive. Come on, you're filled with self-aggrandizement. It's all about you. And I discovered if you don't humble yourself, God will put something in your life to humble you and sometimes it's losing but 
Dr. Shaw, don't you think if you did that, you'll get depressed? No, I can get depressed. I'm level-headed. Don't you, don't you think you'll feel disappointed about yourself? No, 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 no. I'm level-headed. In other words, in him I live, move, and have my bed. You ain't nothing, but in Christ you're all things. Come on here. You ain't not up to nothing, and you're no good. That's why you got to be in Christ. That's why I got to stay in him, because I only stay in him, because what I'm dressed with is the success he put on me. Not that which I obtained myself. I'm not as smart as y'all think I am. I'm not as good as y'all think I am. Jonathan Shaw, nigga, you ain't no good. I said it to me. I ain't say it to you. When you do that, you develop very healthy. And you don't get fooled by all these hand claps and all these backpats and all this celebration that people would give you to blow your head up. You know how to win. You don't know how to lose. So, I got, I'm almost through. Zay, I'm almost through. The Lord gave me eight lessons in losing that I want to share with you. Y'all ready? The lessons in lesson number one. Losing teaches you who you really are. And where you really are. Losing lets you know what you really got. And what you really lack. Some of us are fooled because we thought we could never lose. And we assume that if I put all of these measures in place and we put all the stuff where it belongs, then it's inevitable that we're going to win. How many of you in this room have ever done everything you were supposed to do and still lost? The door never opened. You did. You put all your ducks in a row. You crossed, come on here, you crossed your T's and dotted your I's. You did everything you were supposed to do. You sent email to the right person. You shook hands with the right person. But it seemed like the door would not open. It seemed like things would not happen and things would not come together. God sometimes shut things down in your life, close up opportunity and lock down blessings and provision just to see uh, who are you really? I want to see your character. Here in the text of John chapter number 11, the Bible says that Mary and Martha, who are friends with Jesus, along with their brother Lazarus, they're his friends. They're his friends. Somebody say friends. They're his friends. When Jesus went to Bethany, he ate at their house. He sat at their dinner table. He slept with them. The disciples and the boy, Jesus, they stayed at this. This is not just some come by night. These are friends, y'all. These are tight, close friends. Lazarus is sitting up there laying in the bed at the house sick about to die. Jesus is somewhere doing a revival and he's preaching and preaching and his friend, no y'all, not somebody he know, not somebody he mentioned, not an associate an acquaintance, a friend. His friend is dying and he wouldn't shut the revival down. They said Jesus' word, Lazarus is not only sick, he just died. He died. They whisper in Jesus' ear that Lazarus just died. Jesus get the news that Lazarus just died. And he keeps preaching. After the service that night, he looked at the disciples and said, Hey, Lazarus done went to sleep, y'all. Uh, we're going to go wake him up. They said, Okay, well, come on. Let's go wake him up. He said, No, no, no. Y'all, y'all, he actually died. He died? 
Oh God, one disciples look and say, Oh my God, all of us gonna die. All of us gonna die. They're nervous and they're afraid and they're scared. And Jesus did not come to Bethany until Lazarus was already dead. What do you do when who you expected comes late? What do you do when the very one that can change this never shows up? Jesus, he's not even in Bethany. He didn't even get into the town yet. When Jesus got close to the town, the Bible says that Martha didn't wait for him to get in. She ran to him. She ran him on the outskirts of the town and she met him while he was on his way into town and she said, Jesus, uh, the first thing she said to him was a fuss. The first thing she said was an argument. The first thing she said to him was to get in his face uh, and tell him about himself uh, had you had been here. In other words, she had the mitigated gall that told Jesus he was out of place. Had you had been here, our brother would not have died. In other words, she said, we just lost and it's your fault. Watch this, y'all. This is his friend. And now she's showing him how she really feels. <laughs> Look at your neighbor said, losing shows you who you really are. Martha... I thought we were friends. I thought you believed me. She said, yeah, I believe. I, I, I know you're the Christ. I know you're the son of the living God. I, I, I know he's going to get up at the resurrection. He said, no, 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 I am the resurrection. But then he asked the question, do you even believe this? Because the whole time you was eating at the house with me, I thought you believed it. The whole time when I was visiting you, I thought you believed it. Watch this. Let me say it like this and maybe y'all can catch it. The whole time we was winning, I thought you believed it. And it's easy to believe it as long as you win it. I, I wish I could find 15 people. As long as the church is growing, y'all think we got the anointing. As long as the house is packed, y'all think that we're a good church. But what do you do when members start leaving? What do you do when it looks like we're losing? What do you do when your friend don't show up? How you gonna act now? Because Isha, some people only think that Bishop Shaw is anointed as long as he's saying yes. They only think I'm graceful as long as I'm prophesying houses and cars. They only think I'm good as long as I'm preaching good. But when I get in your behind and when I got to whoop you and when I got to chastise you. Had you been here. The bishop, the bishop, Pastor Moore, who used to go to the young people's proms. They remember that. I used to go to y'all prom. The bishop who used to go to your house. I went to everybody's house one year and blessed everybody's house. But now when the churches start growing and the church start increasing and I can't go to everybody's house and I can't go to everybody's prom and I can't get to your event. Now I don't show up. Do you now think I've lost it? Because I wasn't in attendance for you. Had you been here? Had you been here? It's your fault that I lost. So she only believed it as long as they was winning. When she lost, she said, 
I'm not even sure if I believe it. Losing teaches you where you really are in your faith. It shows you who you really are. Lesson number two. Can I go there? Lesson number two. Losing shows you what you really believe. There's some of us that only believe God for a thing. And our faith is really not in God. Our faith is in the thing. Because the moment that the thing don't come, we no longer believe God. Your faith was never in God. I want to preach to some folks who are shouting this place who's believing God for a job. But if the job don't come, their faith is still high. I want to preach to some people who are believing God for an open door. But if the door don't open, they'll praise him in the hallway. I want to preach to some people that says, God, if you don't give me what I'm asking you for, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Is there anybody that will praise him when you lose? At the same height you praised him when you were winning. You shout because you got the car, because you got the job, because you got the promotion, and your salary increased. Can you dance when they say you're not qualified? Losing shows what you really believe. Because if you really believe it, I got to go, you'll stay tenacious even when it don't go your way. When plan A fails, you just go back to the drawing board instead of throwing up your hands and giving up. Number three, losing re reveals who you really depend on. My son lost the game. And when I blacked out and was fussing at the refs, that, re that revealed that I was expecting the refs to win the game. Not the players. The reality is, I was looking at the refs to win what they only judged. And should be looking at the players, you gotta win by playing better. Oh, look, 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 look. Some of you right now have lost and you pulled out the blame game and finding five people that you want to blame because you lost. Because losing reveals who you really depend on. You say you depend on God, but the moment things don't go your way, you're talking about your mama, your daddy, your friends, your family. They don't support me. They don't do nothing for me. They don't support black business. They don't do this. If so-and-so was here, why wasn't so-and-so here? When we were she, I helped her with her rent. And now I do my program and she won't come. I've helped pay her bills. And now I need her to help me out. And she won't even come help me out. That's because you are basing your success on people. I found out something that I have lost enough in my life that I no longer depend on people to get me to the success that God has ordained for my life look at your neighbor and act like you're the preacher and say neighbor you better stop depending on these people because people are flighty people are shady and people are sometimey and if you think that your success is connected to people you're gonna have a rude awakening you're gonna lose
I thought, I thought I had a church if they showed up. What do you have if they don't? Because losing will show you who you really depend on. Here, here in Crown Ministries, in, in our 18 years of existence, I gotta get out of here. In our 18 years of existence, I've had I've had opportunity to pastor some amazing people, some wonderful people, and some people who've made some pretty good money. And and one year, one year, one of our big top givers, I mean one of our real big, I mean they were number two in giving here at the church. They were big, but they did something wrong and did something out of order. And the Holy Ghost wanted to test me. He wanted to try me. Was you gonna check them because of their giving record? Or was you coming on here? Or was you going to just lay back and say, but they big givers, leave them alone. Let them slide. Let them go. Uh-uh. I called them in that office and said, uh-uh, we don't do this here. It's not how we function. It's not how we operate. And you're fired, by the way. We no longer need you to serve in this capacity. How do you do that? Because your giving cannot buy me. Because it's not based upon you. If you stop giving today, these doors still going to stay open. If you stop tithing today, the lights will stay on. Come on here. If you stop giving today, the Lord's house will still be provided for. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, God wants to know, who do you really depend on? So he let those you love disappoint you to see who you depend on. Do you trust me or you trust the numbers, David? Are you counting the people? I got to go. Losing reveals who you really depend on. Number four, losing exposes how unprepared you are for what you say you want. Losing exposes how unprepared you are for what you want. I remember in school, Dale, I used to bench press. I was power pressing. I could bench press 350 pounds. We was power pressing, and I was pressing it, boom, boom, knocking it out, and we were power lift. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the instructor, I'll never forget a Mr. Brutus. Mr. Brutus will tell us, in order to show and prove to me that you have been working out every week, next week I need you to bench press 300 uh, we, I best press 350. He said, I need you to bench press 355 or 360. I want to see if you've been working out. I got under that bench. They put 360 pounds underneath me. And I pushed it and my arms started shaking and my arms started twitching because uh, I thought that because I did 350, I could do 360. Ain't nothing but another 10 pounds. I thought I could do it. But watch this. I was proven in my next test that I didn't do what was necessary to graduate to the next level because I was unprepared for the next level. Some of you want to do it. You desire to do it. You dream to do it. Matter of fact, it's ordained of God that you do it. But you're unprepared for your own prophecy. I want to preach to 17 people to let you know there is a word over your life but you're not even prepared for it. You lost because you undisciplined. You shaking your boots when I ask you to preach next Sunday because you're unprepared for ministry. Losing reveals to you I have not done what I should have been doing. Stop blaming everybody else because you lost. And look at what you haven't done. The measures you haven't taken. You are unprepared. God, this word is good. 
Losing exposes how unprepared you are. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be unprepared. Don't be unprepared. Number five. Number five. Watch this. This is a good one. Y'all ready? Losing trains you to celebrate who won. Okay, come on. I said losing helps you to celebrate who won. I now know which one of these preachers and bishops in the city is really my friend. Because celebration tests relationship. Anytime you're being celebrated, you got to watch who don't clap. Come on here. Because there are some people that will only celebrate as long as they're a part of the party. What they teach in football is in basketball and other sports, it's called, it's called sportsmanship. That even when you lose, you go by and shake the hand and give a pound to the winning team. You celebrate who won. And some of us are so egotistical. Some of us are so narcissistic. Watch this. The spirit of envy and jealous has been embedded in your heart. Because you can't look at nobody else and say, you got it. That's yours. I'm celebrating you. Even though I tried it and didn't obtain it, I'm happy that you did it. I've been trying to write a book for the last 13 years. But can you celebrate somebody that just released their book? Come on here. I've been trying to get a car and save up my money, but can you clap for the person that pulls up and they knew next Lexus next week? How do you celebrate who won? See, losing will reveal your jealousy. Losing reveals your envy. Losing reveals you ain't as godly as you thought you were. Because now that green-eyed devil called Envy is looking at them talking about she don't even deserve that. She don't even know what to do with it. How, 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 can, how can she have that? I would do so much better with it. And that's why you keep losing. Because you don't know how to act. Your character's flawed. Preach Jonathan Shaw. Number five, losing trains you to celebrate who won. Number six, losing makes you appreciate what you got left. Oh. I, I want to talk to about 25 people in here that has ever lost something. Something valuable and something precious. If you ever lost something, it makes you look at what you got left and take care of it. Oh, come on here. I, oh, God. I remember. I remember. I'm still mad to this day. It happened about eight years ago. My wife bought me a nice Louis Vuitton wallet. I mean, a billfold and a checkbook. It was a Louis Vuitton wallet. It was expensive. It was nice. I wanted it. I asked her for it. And I think it's Father's Day. She bought me that Louis Vuitton wallet. I went somewhere to the store somewhere and lost it. Lost the whole wallet. Now, I can replace the cards. I can get another driver's license. I can get some more money. That ain't no problem. 
but the thing that I wanted was the wallet. I liked it. I loved it. My God. And so she said, that's all right, baby. She's such a good wife. She said, I'll get you another one. I'll buy you another one. I tell her, no, don't buy me another one. I don't deserve it. If I couldn't treat that one right, don't give me another. No, I'll buy you another one. She was going to buy I said, don't you dare buy me another one. I'm going to take this here leather wallet from the Chinaman on the store for $2, and I'm going to train myself to treat this right. And if you can't treat this right, you don't deserve a $400. Come on, y'all. You got to understand something, ladies and gentlemen, that what you got left is still valuable, and you got to stop weeping over what you lost. You can't receive a new man because you're still crying about the old joker. You can't receive a new job because you're mad at the old supervisor. God is trying to make room for new stuff, but you don't know how to appreciate what you got left. Because you're still crying over what you lost. Losing will make you appreciate what I got left. I take care of my stuff now. I put, I be putting it down, putting it away. Don't touch, don't touch it. Put it. I left it there, left it there. I want you to leave it alone. Don't you put your hands on it? Cause now I'm taking care of my stuff. I match my shoes and put my shoes together. All of my stuff is together because uh, I've learned to now value my stuff and value my things. And the reason why some of y'all kids treat the things that they treat the way they treat it is because uh, they don't know how much it costs and the value of purchasing it. So you take it away and you make them. Look Lose it so they know how to treat what you give. Come on, y'all. You spoiling these kids and you're jacking them up, making them assume that every time they mishandle something, they'll just get another one. Teach them how to lose. You don't get no more iPad. Now what you gonna do? And cry again. Y'all don't know how to really parent. Let another tear fall out of your eye. I'm going to teach you how to lose. You don't get everything you want in life. I wish I could train y'all like I feel like training you. I said you don't get everything you want in life. Life doesn't always happen the way you want. It doesn't always go your way. Suck them tears up and fix your face. I teach you how to lose. You lose like a champion. Come on, you lose like a winner. I got a word for somebody. Point your finger at your neighbors and lose like a winner. Lose like a winner. Lose like a winner. Lose like a winner. Martha complained to Jesus and said, had you been here, he wouldn't have died. But she wasn't the only one that felt that way. Mary sat in the house. Kotashika Bahaya. And was secretly feeling the same way. I'm coming for you right down your road. You got to be careful that some people who left the house have a feeling. But some of you sitting up here and have the same feeling. You just ain't said nothing. The secret heart of Martha is revealed in the private thoughts of Mary. Because when Jesus showed up, she sounds just like her. Martha was the worker. Mary was the worshiper. I understand why the worker got a problem. Because you always want Jesus to fit stuff. 
But what I don't understand is why the worshiper got the same question. I feel good in this. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you got to watch who you're conversing with because your conversation deceives you. It reveals the private thoughts of your hearts and it also exposes who you have secret conversations with who's no longer in the house. Martha and Mary sound like each other. Because before Jesus arrived, they had already conjured up this discussion. If he was here. If he was here. And those who are not in the house are saying, if he was here. If he was here. And they called you on the phone and said, if he was here. And while you're worshiping, and you're unsure, but feel disappointed, you say, you know what? You're right. If he was here. If he was here. And you've been persuaded and convinced by your disappointment instead of your destiny. And your language has deceived you. What? Mary, you too? But here's the thing. When she found Jesus, Martha got a problem. We got that. When Mary went to Jesus, she fell at his feet. Which is a posture of worship. But her heart wasn't in it. She was kneeling but doubting. She was bowing but questioning. And I found out something, Pastor Sabrina, that you cannot be fooled by their posture. Because the man judge the outward appearance. God judges the heart. And there are some people whose body is in the right posture, but their heart is far from the worship the way their body looks. I see you kneeling, but you're doubting. I see you bowing, but you're questioning. Because something is really going on in you that's making you doubt him. I gotta go. Losing makes you appreciate what you got left. They lost Lazarus, but they still had Jesus. But they couldn't see the value in him because they saw the pain of what they lost. Sometimes you won't know the value of God until you lose something. Okay, can I preach it like I feel it? You don't know he's a friend until you feel like you're by yourself. You don't know he's a counselor and a therapist until you're about to lose your mind. You don't know he's a healer until the pills that the pharmacist gave you not working no more. You don't know that he's a provider until you don't have enough money to get through the next month. Come on here. Sometimes you got to experience tragedy to have a testimony. Sometimes you got to experience losing in order to win. He want to know, do you love me more than you love Lazarus? 
I love you more than anything. Really? I surrender all. Really? Because once something is lost and something is gone, then the praise you used to give him goes with it. Have you buried your worship with your last loss? Number seven. I got eight and I'm through. Losing forges a hunger that you didn't possess before. Losing makes you hungry. Losing says, I got to go a little harder. I got to go a little further. I got to do a little bit more. I got a word for somebody who would catch it. And the word is this. If you determine to live like nobody else, then one day you will live like nobody else. If you make a decision to get hungry like other people are not hungry, you will begin to eat, come on here, on plates the sizes of like the way nobody else eats. God has something available for you, but some of y'all ain't hungry enough for it. You think it's just going to fall slap in your lap. No, honey. Faith without works is dead. It abides alone. One part is believing God, but the other part is putting your back into it. It's birthing a hunger. And the reason why you keep experiencing a loss in your life is because God said he wants you desperate he wants you hungry he wants you full of faith he wants your faith on hot look at y'all looking at me come on here look at your neighbor and say hey neighbor God wants to know how hungry are you how hungry will you get up early and go to bed late how hungry are you will you sacrifice all your pleasures just to see the will of God how hungry are you Abraham will you give me your son I want to see how hungry you are You'll keep losing until it bursts a drive in you. Some of you ain't tired yet. You're physically exhausted, but you ain't tired of yet. When you get tired of a certain thing, it changes your mind. It changes the way you think. Come on here. It changes the way you live. It changes the way you conduct yourself. Because you make a determination, I will never. Pastor Sabrina and I have struggled. I'm almost through. We've struggled financially. We've struggled hard. We've struggled a lot. We've seen our parents struggle. I've seen my parents struggle. I didn't know it was struggle. When I grew up, I, it registered. That was struggle. They made it look like success, but that was struggle. And I've determined my children will not experience this. I will not experience this. Watch this. So I fight in service and work and dedication and commitment to God because there's a place I'm not going to. Oh, y'all, I'm for real. There's a place, come on, I determined years ago with Pastor and I, we used to struggle. We lived in a three-story walk-up, and it cost $700 a month in the rent. I wish I can go back to that $700 a month three-story walk-up. We used to struggle to pay it, didn't have enough money to do it. Amen. We were always blessed, always successful. But I determined years ago, ladies and gentlemen, that I will never, ever struggle to pay a mortgage or a rent ever again in my life. Come on. So my finances are tested. 
it, but I make sure I always got a little stash to the side. I always make sure I got a little savings. So you mean, Dr. Shaw, that you are basing it upon your savings account? No, 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 honey. I take my savings account for seed sowing. So I would go in my savings account and I would sow a seed. You know why? Because God, I got to pay rent next month. So I take a seed and I'll sow it. Come on here. Because I need God to do something. And I realize that you cannot be God's giving no matter how hard you try. And when I don't have enough money coming in, I know what to do with I got coming out. So I'll sow it to God. And if I sow it to God, God will pay these bills. I found the secret, ladies and gentlemen. I use my savings to give to God. You do what you do. I use my saving to give to God. God, you know this car note coming up. This insurance got to be paid. You know this money. Come on here. You know what I got to do this month? Watch this. I'm taking a $500 seed and I'm sowing it. You know why? Because whatever money you have, when it's not enough to meet your need, you make it your seed. Let me say it like I'm saying it. I said, when what you have is not enough to meet your need, you make it your seed. $500 ain't enough to pay the mortgage. So I take the $500 and sow a seed into somebody's life. And watch this. And the Bible says, when you give to the poor, you lend to God. And I lend to God, and God always pays his bills. What do you do month by month, Dr. Shaw? I pay my way out. I sow my way out, I give my way out, and my bills are always paid. Because I give my way out. Y'all ready for this? Watch this. Losing forges a hunger. I'm at my time. Last but not least, number eight. Losing opens your eyes to new directions. Rejection births direction. It's when one door doesn't open, it doesn't mean you're not good. It means that's not the door. So I'll shift my view and my perspective and say, okay, God, you tell me which door. You show me which door. And that's what I'm going for, whichever door you show me. And losing will open your eyes, watch this, to options you never even thought about before. Have you ever have you ever been blessed by something you didn't even consider? I never even thought it could come this way. I even thought it could happen like this. Because God said you were so busy depending on that door to open that you blinded yourself from new opportunities. And when you lose, it tells you something else is prepared right around the corner. Losing, losing opens your eyes to do direction. Today, I've given you eight lessons that losing teaches us. It teaches us who you are and where you are. Losing shows you what you really believe. Losing reveals who you really depend on. Y'all still here? Losing exposes how unprepared you are for what you say you want. Losing trains you to celebrate who's really winning. Losing makes you appreciate what you got left and losing forges a hunger that you didn't possess before and last but not least losing opens your eyes to new directions and I want to share with you brothers and sisters ladies and gentlemen that God is teaching many of you today how to lose 
You came for training on how to win, but God said, I want to teach you how to lose. I want to teach you what to do and how to act when it don't go your way. I want to show you what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to praise him, even if things don't mount up the way you pray for them to mount up. Even when God don't come through for you, how are you going to act and how are you going to praise him? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's teaching me how to lose. Uh, Job can show us how to lose because Job said it like this though he slay me yet will I trust him but I will maintain mine own ways before him for the Bible says in Psalm 34 19 have I got an online church yet many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord will deliver him from out of them all look at your neighbor said he's teaching you how to lose and I'm closing now y'all and we're going to get ready to take the Lord's communion and then we're going to go into discipleship course. Y'all thought I was going to hoop because of no musician here? You didn't know that I used to preach without musicians. You know how I know how to do it? Because I know how to lose. You see the purple robe and you see the white surplice, but you don't know that joker know how to lose. And I made up in my mind that can't nobody stop me and can't nobody block me because I'm not against people. I'm only against myself. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the only enemy you got is yourself. Because there's already a word over your life. And the word over your life says it's already done. It's already coming to pass. It shall already happen. So saith the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I know how to lose. And the great ones, they all know how to lose. Can I call the roll? Come here, Abraham. Abraham lost the security of his father's house. And God told him to leave your father's house and go to a country where I tell you. But you only know that you're there when I tell you you're there. He had to lose the house to become the father of many nations. Come in, Moses. Moses had to lose the title of the prince of Egypt. Joseph had to lose his family. Have I got a preaching church yet? Esau had to lose his birthright. Israel lost the ark of the covenant. Samson lost his strength. And David lost the child. Ezekiel lost his wife. And God told him, you can't even cry at the funeral. Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind. Lean on your neighbor and say, neighbor, God trying to show you how to lose. Nehemiah lost the city, but he went back and rebuilt the walls. Isaiah the prophet, he lost his clothes for three years. But he was a prophet unto the nation. Do me a favor and high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's trying to show you how to lose. And the Bible.
Bible says that the prodigal son, he lost his inheritance. The woman with the issue of blood, she lost her money and spent it to be healed. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he lost the use of his legs. Mary lost Jesus. John the Baptist lost his head. Judas lost his salvation. Thomas lost his faith. And last but not least, the grave lost Jesus. Everybody who was great lost something in their life. And look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. God trying to show you how to lose and send neighbor if you lose in this season you're about to win in your next season if you praise him when you lose you're going to really dance when you win if you believe it say yes say yes yes everybody's standing Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. What God's trying to do, he's trying to show you how to lose. If you could lose with pride, if you could lose with faith, if you could lose with joy, if you can lose and still have a praise, God want to see, are you worthy to win by how you act when you lose? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.